Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. You're about to hear the Serving Today programme, which is for pastors and church leaders. This episode was recorded with the late Phil Crowter back in the early 2000s, before he went to glory. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for those who minister to the people of God. I'm Derek French and it's good to be with you. Preaching through Mark's Gospel. Phil Crowder comes to the final chapter of Mark. The chapters immediately before Mark 16 have dealt with the amazing grace of the Lord Jesus Christ as he made his way steadfastly to the cross. He already knew, to use the words of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, that he was a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Indeed, it was in Jerusalem that those sufferings reached their most intense. Again, Isaiah graphically described what Jesus would suffer, even though he wrote over 700 years before the events. Isaiah said, Surely he took our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. The penalty for our sin had to be paid. The righteousness of God demanded it. We couldn't ever do enough to overcome our guilt. And so Jesus paid the penalty for us. Someone has described the closing chapters of each of the four Gospels as holy ground, such as the astonishing things they describe that God in his grace was accomplishing for us. The death of the Lord Jesus was something that shattered his followers, not least because even though Jesus had told them many times that he would die, they hadn't really grasped the necessity for this. They were so slow to learn. Indeed, there are still many today who know that Jesus died, but have no idea why. And this is where we have the great privilege to explain to them the reason. But of course, Jesus' death was not the end of him. And Mark 16 makes that so wonderfully clear. Indeed, what Mark 16 describes was absolutely essential, and without it there would be no salvation, for we could never know if Jesus had fully satisfied the demands of God concerning our sin and its forgiveness. It's these events that assure us completely that Jesus did accomplish all that was necessary to achieve our salvation. We're nearly at the end of Phil Crowther's series, whereby he's helped us preach right through Mark's Gospel. And we have his help today. Phil, we're looking at the first eight verses of Mark 16. What's the title? Perhaps I can almost guess what it is, but tell us. I was going to say, I think everyone would know what the title is. Jesus has risen. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, what about the background we need to be aware of? Mark has shown us three things. Jesus is the promised Christ, the Son of God. Jesus died on the cross, as he promised. And also that his disciples understand that he is the Christ, but they could not understand that he had to die. And they certainly don't expect Jesus to rise from the dead. So let's read verses 1 to 8. Now some people believe that Mark ended his gospel at verse 8. Probably someone added the last verses, verses 9 to 20, many years later. So Derek, could you read verses 1 to 8 for us, please? Yes, certainly. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? 
but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be afraid, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone, because they were afraid. Thank you. Well, a few notes on the text. In verse 1, we read that these women bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Well, that was how they show their love for Jesus. On Friday, if you remember, there hadn't been much time before the Sabbath, and so they couldn't care for Jesus' body as they wanted to. And then in verse 5, we read that they saw a young man dressed in a white robe. Matthew 28 verses 2 to 5 makes it clear that this was an angel. And in verse 7, they're told to go into Galilee. There you will see Jesus just as he told you. And Mark 14 verse 28 is the verse to look up for that one. And again in verse 7, Peter had said that he didn't know Jesus, but Jesus is willing to forgive him. Isn't that lovely? Mm -hmm. It says, go and tell his disciples and Peter. Yes, the Lord sort of specially singles him out, doesn't he? It's lovely, really. He does. So the women must tell Peter. Jesus wants Peter to be there in Galilee. And if you remember, Galilee there by the lake is where Jesus first called Peter to follow him. He's starting all over again yeah. with Peter. Well, what, what would you suggest we have as our main point? Well, again, I think everyone could suggest it. Jesus rose from the dead, as he said. What do we need to use by way of introductory study and so on? I would guess that most of your people believe the facts. They know that Jesus has risen, but some still don't trust in him. So you could go over the evidence for Jesus' resurrection, but I think perhaps it's best to focus on this point to help people to actually trust in Jesus. Help them to, to think why it doesn't make sense to believe in the resurrection, but not to believe in Jesus. You could use a, a word picture, something like this. Your house is on fire. Just imagine that. Your house being burning up and you know the door's the way to safety. You can see the door there. You believe in the door. You know it will take you out of the burning house. But, oh, you love your house so much. You can't leave it. And so you don't go out through the door. Well, what happens? Yeah, I was going to say, you'd be, you'd be foolish to stay put, wouldn't you'd you? You'd be so foolish, and that, that's exactly the point. We are so foolish not to put our trust in the risen Jesus. Mm. Well, what do you suggest we have as our sermon headings, our main points? The first one is, just as Jesus said, verses 6 and 7. Don't be alarmed. The angel said, you're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Just as Jesus said. Some things are very hard to believe. Perhaps you've got a story about this you can tell. You thought that something was impossible. You just would not believe it. 
And then many things showed you that it really did happen. And in the end, you had to say I was wrong. You had to say, yes, I, I've got to believe the facts. It did happen. Yes, there's a story, Phil, my brother tells it. He used to work in the insurance industry and a man had a very small car that got squashed and he put on his claim form when he was claiming from insurance that an elephant sat on it and this was in England. <laughs> and, uh, you know, everybody sort of laughed with roar and thought he was pulling a fast one. But when they examined it, there had been a parade of animals from a circus down the road and the elephant had literally just gone sideways and literally sat on his car. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it was true. And that's an amusing story, but this one is even more important, isn't it? It is, because everyone knows that dead men don't come back to life. Mm. It's impossible. These women, they didn't even hope that Jesus would rise from the dead. They came to care for his dead body. And yet the facts are clear. Mm. Someone has rolled away the large stone. The tomb is empty. An angel tells them that Jesus has risen. And Jesus had told them all along that this was going to happen. So the facts are staring us in the face. Jesus has risen from the dead. God doesn't want us to be unsure about the truth. Jesus has proved that he is the truth. He's risen. And this means two things, really. This means that Jesus is the only way to God. The resurrection proves what Jesus has said all along, that he is the only way to God. And it also means that everyone should trust in Jesus. And just stop and think what will happen to people who will not believe the facts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very solemn, isn't it? Back to that burning house again, isn't it? Yes, yes. Well, that's your first point, just as Jesus said. What's your second point? The women are still afraid. Look in verse 8. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. It's remarkable, isn't it? The, the women have seen the empty tomb. An angel has told them that Jesus has risen. But they're still afraid. Hmm. They still don't know whether to believe it. I wonder, are you perhaps like these women? You want to believe, but you are afraid. Jesus is very kind. You know, he'll help you to believe. Well, the disciples don't yet believe. These women do not still fully believe. But Jesus has a message for them, and it's an encouraging message, isn't it? In verse 7, Go and tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. He wants to show them that he's risen. It really is true. So he wants to meet them so that they can actually see him. And especially he wants to see Peter. Peter's ashamed. He's said that he doesn't know Jesus. Perhaps Peter thinks that Jesus will never forgive him, but he will. Mm. It's lovely, isn't it? It is, and I think it's so encouraging for us, isn't it? Perhaps you've been slow to believe. Perhaps you've said bad things about Jesus, terrible things, and you think, can God ever forgive me? You've been like Peter, but you know it's not too late to believe. Mm. The risen Jesus will forgive you. Come to him now. The resurrection of Jesus is so important because it shows us supremely that God Almighty was totally satisfied that the penalty for sin had been paid in full and that death could no longer have any hold on him. 
Jesus had met the demands of God's law, and through death he defeated death, and hence he rose triumphantly on that first day of the week. There are so many New Testament passages that underline the significance of Christ's resurrection, but let me just highlight two. The first is Romans 4 verse 25. He, that's Jesus, was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. The second is Hebrews 2 and verses 14 and 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too, that's Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. How precious to know Jesus is alive. And with that, we bring this edition of Serving Today to a close. If you have any questions about today's programme or would like a copy of Phil Crowther's books on Preaching Mark, our address follows in a few moments. Thank you for being with us today. And until next time, this is Derek French saying goodbye and may God help us to preach Christ as the crucified and risen Saviour of sinners. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Or email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk Until next time, goodbye.